Penn State football doesn't do as well in the transfer portal as some people would like them to. There's a logical explanation for that, aside from the fact that they're not shelling out millions of dollars in upfront NIL money. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Penn State fans? That is right. You are locked on, Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State Nittany Lions coverage. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's that simple. That's $100. 50 bucks if your team wins. Visit fandle.com slash locked on to get started. Today's episode is also brought to you by Team Ticker, the high-tech sports sign with a retro look. Show your team pride and go to teamticker.com and enter promo code locked on to get $50 off your online order. Penn State doesn't exactly bring in that many players from the transfer portal. They get some select players here and there, but why is that? Why is that? We're going to discuss that in today's episode. Plus, got an update on Kalen King. I just talked about what he was going to do going into the Peach Bowl and this, and then next season. Well, we got his answer. Plus, we're going to talk about other player availability. Now, only one player has opted out to this point, Chop Robinson. But what is the game plan for guys like Olu Fashionu, Abdul Carter going into the Peach Bowl? We'll talk about that in the final segment. Penn State's approach to the transfer portal. They aren't exactly getting as many players as people that would like them to, but there's a reason for that. There's actually a few reasons for that. And the main one is James Franklin is not making promises that Penn State football cannot keep. Penn State does not offer upfront NIL money. Penn State does not guarantee starting spots. Okay, They're not stretching the truth, and James Franklin has been transparent about this. All the discussions that they have with players are honest ones. They're realistic ones. He said in the early National Signing Day press conference that we're not just going to promise a player a number just because they want it. They have to earn the number. It also has to be available. You can't just take whatever number you want, especially if someone else is wearing it. But that's the point is Penn State doesn't make promises that it can't keep. So they don't try to oversell themselves. And James Franklin said it the best best way that they could. They undersell and overdeliver uh, in, in that case. But that's really the main reason why Penn State doesn't have dozens of players coming in from the transfer portal. And, and I want to ask the listeners, I want to ask the viewers, do you really want that? Do you really want a situation like Texas A&M, like Colorado, where players are transferring in at a frequent rate, or also transferring out? That's another part of it, too. Penn State's roster is filled. We've noticed, right, that there are only three players from this current team in the transfer portal to this point. Alex Paqueta already has picked up, or he's going to, he's already decided where he's going to be playing, Christian Driver, and Jace Tutty. Outside of that, everybody else is still on the roster. Now you have turnover from the NFL draft, from graduation, a mix of both in the same sense, right? Players are coming towards their the end of their college careers, and that's what it is, but there is not this overhaul of a roster turnover. Penn State has a lot of its roster intact. But when you combine all of those things that you can only 
offer somebody to transfer in. Yes, if there's a need, but if there's a scholarship, you need a scholarship in order to, to join the team, and that's what everybody's looking for. So Penn State doesn't have this variety of scholarships that they're waiting to offer because all the roster spots are mostly filled aside from they have some they have some needs of course they have some needs but that's why Penn State really isn't overly active in the transfer portal but then we go back to those additional factors Penn State's not shelling out millions of dollars in NIL money that's just not the way they operate other schools I don't have to name them there are some in the SEC there's some in the ACC that are just throwing out tons of money for players to, to sign just to visit campus. Again, I have to say allegedly, because I don't want this show, I don't want myself to get in trouble. But allegedly, schools are just flinging money left and right at recruits in the transfer portal and at the high school level to come play at their respective institution. And Penn State doesn't do that. Penn State has a plan when you get onto campus that they are going to set set you up with all the knowledge, all the resources, all the assets to get the most out of NIL and how it can benefit you. Because at the end of the day, name, image, and likeness is about the player. It's about the person. It is not Penn State's responsibility to go out and make money for all these football players. Name, image, and likeness is about the self. And I'm not trying to get a little too philosophical here, but you understand my point is that NIL is the opportunity for players to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. Now, Penn State as an institution should do everything in its power to help them, but I also agree at the same time that it is not Penn State's responsibility to go make money and do everything that they can for them. Penn State's just honest. They don't guarantee starting spots. They don't guarantee jersey numbers. They don't guarantee money. What they do guarantee is honesty and transparency and just a realistic setup for each individual player of how they can succeed at Penn State. Combine that with the fact that Penn State doesn't have a lot of roster turnover. You're not going to get players in the transfer portal because it's almost to a point where you can't. You can get some, but then you got to kick somebody else off the team. You got to take away somebody else's scholarship. And does Penn State and James Franklin want to do that when this whole idea goes back to the base of success with honor? The with honor part is the key to all of this. Penn State isn't just going to bully its players to go into the transfer portal. They committed there out of high school, and that's the whole point of this. Penn State still wants to work through high school recruiting. They don't want to build through the transfer portal. Think of the transfer portal as a little bit of free agency. Go get pieces that complement your team for that year, or if there's a spot that needs that needs some extra players on the depth chart. Penn State, at, at its priority, will focus on high school recruiting. So that's where all of Penn State's resources and attention are, high school recruiting as well. The final reason is Penn State is searching after a specific, not necessarily a specific type of player, but a specific type of person, high-quality, high-character people. James Franklin has talked about this, the, the value, the, the ethics, the morals of the players that are coming in, discipline, fun and entertaining personalities, but also no-nonsense type of players that are going to work hard, they're not going to stir up drama or anything else. That is what James Franklin is targeting. People that come back come from stable families. He has always mentioned that anytime he's talking about a player, these are James Franklin's words, not mine. James Franklin has said that we like the family 
that the player is associated with, that it has grown up with, Olu Fashionu, Kalen King, Jalen Reed, right? Any of them. And I could go down the list, and every time he's talked about a player, he's talked about their families as well. I, I'm impressed. I, I really am. In this day of me, 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 NIL, transfer portal, if I'm not seeing enough playing time, if I'm not seeing enough snaps, if I'm not seeing enough dollar signs, if I'm not being promised and hearing everything I want to hear from the first initial visit, Penn State is rather successful in, in this age. For a school that doesn't pay players to just simply visit campus and, and, and you throw around all the impossible promises, and this time I will name a school, right? Because we're seeing the impact of what it's had and what the players, again, allegedly, allegedly, Texas A&M, players from those classes of 2021, 2022 are saying there were promises made, none of them have been delivered. Again, allegedly, but go look at what the former Texas A&M Aggie players are saying from some of these past recruiting cycles and how they've been late let down. Because Penn State could be like those kinds of schools, but they're not. They're not. So is that what people really want? Texas A&M has lost just about everybody that Jimbo Fisher had brought in to College Station. They keep the foundation intact. Even with top assistants leaving, Penn State's roster did not jump ship. You didn't see this turnover following Manny Diaz, decommitting when Mike Yurcich was fired. Penn State was able to maintain the bulk of its 99% of its roster impact players, impact players stayed. And you're seeing Ohio State. Guys like programs like Ohio State are losing a pretty decent amount of players to the transfer portal. And what? They were more successful than Penn State. So all I got to say, in this age of college football, Penn State is pretty, pretty successful with the way that they approach high school football recruiting and transfer portal recruiting. But those are the reasons why Penn State isn't exactly overly successful when it comes to bringing all these players out of the transfer portal, college football's version of free agency. Kalen King is set to make a decision about the Peach Bowl and what he's going to do in 2024. We actually discussed this on a very recent episode. James Franklin might have let the cat out of the bag as far as what Kalen King has decided. We'll discuss in just a moment on the other side of this break. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. It's actually that easy. That's $150. Bucks. If your team simply wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And right now, Penn State is still a three-and-a-half point favorite against Ole Miss with a total set at 48-and-a-half. If you like those lines, you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and keep playing along with college football. Keep playing along with the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Locked On Podcast Network is making history, launching the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day, the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
got an update on Kalen King. So just the other day, right? I was talking about what will Kalen King do? What will Johnny Dixon do in regards to the Peach Bowl? But for Kalen King, he's still got some eligibility. He's got a twin brother in Kobe King that would make sense for him to return to Happy Valley. But it looks like James Franklin gave us an update about what Kalen King is going to do. Got that confirmation. and. He is not going to be coming back, it looks like. Now, this is based on what James Franklin said in the official Peach Bowl press conference here as they are now down in Atlanta, Georgia. They're practicing, and this is essentially also an update on who was available, who was seen at practice. And James Franklin said Penn State is fortunate to have him back for one more game and that there is a game plan for Kalen King to go into the Peach Bowl. And, and Terry Smith has also said that they are prepared to lose three starters at defensive back as well. So I think when you put all that logically together, even though James Franklin didn't say Kalen King is declaring for the NFL draft, I think this is pretty telling what the plan ultimately is. But for the Peach Bowl, let's start there. The Peach Bowl is going to have all three starting defensive backs. That is huge for Penn State. All three starters at those cornerback spots are playing. There is a plan for Kalen King. What exactly does that mean? It means that he's probably going to be limited in practice reps. They will see how they're going to approach his snap count in the game as well. Maybe they start him out there, or maybe they only play him for one half, one quarter. They play him in select spots where they really need him. That could look one of many different ways, but I think this means that practice is going to be light. It's not going to be a heavy workload. He's going to be on a snap count for the game against Ole Miss. And more playing time for Cam Miller because Cam Miller is that next up boundary cornerback for Penn State. We could see instances of Elliott Washington. King Mack is more of a safety nickel cornerback where Daquan Hardy is. So this will be a good transition when Daquan Hardy does, in fact, leave after the season. King Mack steps up and plays in that role as we've seen him working out of that spot all over the course of this season. It's important because Ole Miss will have all of its receivers, right? So Penn State has all of its starting defensive backs. Ole Miss has all of its starting weapons, offense, you know, playmakers. Three guys, three wide receivers for Ole Miss, all totaled over 700 receiving yards. Trey Harris, Dayton Wade, and Jordan Watkins. All of those guys can be... It can act like number ones in this case. Harris seems to be the best of the bunch, so you want Kalen King matched up on him, but Kalen King's going to be on a snap count. Does that mean Johnny Dixon takes more of the workload against Harris? And we still don't have an official decision from Johnny Dixon, at least one that James Franklin hasn't announced <laughs> to everybody in, in a press conference. But now we're in a situation where we're seeing Penn State lose all of its starting cornerbacks in Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, and Daquan Hardy. At least that's what James Franklin has told us. We know that Dixon is out of eligibility, and Daquan Hardy has announced himself that he's not coming back. And Terry Smith has also admitted that Penn State's in a position to lose all three starters. So now in 2024, what does that look like with Kalen King really all but confirmed to leave for the NFL draft? They wouldn't have a blueprint. They wouldn't have a game plan for him going into the bowl game. Cam Miller, Elliott Washington, King Mack essentially become your next starters. And I would hope that Elliott Washington and King Mack get some playing time in addition to Cam Miller. Cam Miller is going to get more playing time in this game because if Kalen King's on a snap count, the first guy up off the bench is Cam Miller. 
Miller's the veteran in the room, right? He's the old guy now in, in this next group for 2024. James Franklin has praised him. He's actually had some positive words about Cam Miller. And, and Penn State can get creative in the secondary. So I know the biggest concern is going to be experience. You are going to be throwing out there all first-time starters. And Cam Miller has had more playing time than either of Elliott Washington and King Mack. And those guys didn't always get into garbage time, but they that's where a bulk of their snaps came from, at least this past season. But you can get creative in the secondary, and we've seen Penn State do that just this season. Remember, Penn State can also use its safeties in man-to-man coverage. Penn State had Jalen Reed, K.J. Winston, Zach Key Wheatley. Who's to say they can't do that again next year? That's probably what they're going to do next year. Jalen Reed is actually very good in man-to-man coverage. Zach Key Wheatley is very good in zone coverage, also a man as well, but that free safety, that center fielder, Zach Key Wheatley is extremely talented when it comes to that, and K.J. Winston. I I can't wait to all aboard the K.J. Winston train. People are starting to recognize and admit that Winston could quietly sneak into the first round of 2025's NFL draft if he decides to do that. Now, if he's projected as a first rounder, that will probably happen. But Winston is getting praise of being a potential first round pick. Jalen Reed, I think, is underrated, extremely underrated. And I think a lot of us forgot what Zach Key Wheatley can do because he had a quiet, quiet season this past season. So 2024, it it's not about the dam is not breaking open. There's not a lot of issues here. Yes, you are losing quite a number of veterans. We know what Daquan Hardy can do on special teams, but you can shift players around. You can you don't have to have a safety at a safety spot the entire time. You can have them at a cornerback spot. You can line them up man to man. And we've seen Jalen Reed, KD, KJ Winston do just that. Zach Hugh Wheatley be very good at being the ball hawk. Utilize them more if you don't feel comfortable with throwing Elliott Washington and King Mack right out there on the football field in that case. So Kalen King not coming back and not really considering it is, is a big loss in a lot of ways for Penn State, but also something that we did anticipate. It, I started kind of Make shifting a theory of why King could come back and play alongside his twin brother for just one more season. But when you have a good draft evaluation, even if it's not a surefire first round selection anymore, in the case of Kalen King, it's no surprise that he's going to opt for the NFL draft. For a lot of these players, 99% of them, they want to be in the NFL. They want to go in the NFL and never say never. Just because my opinion is day two, second round, third round for Kalen King, just based on this past season, he can have a good combine. He could have a great pro day and maybe vault himself back up into the first round. And maybe that's what scouts are saying. I also take that the other way. Maybe scouts are also telling him if he doesn't work hard at those, he could be a fourth or a fifth round pick. However, it seems like in this case, Penn State, it would have been nice for Kalen King to come back for another season, play alongside Kobe King, his twin brother, and for a Penn State secondary that's going to have at the cornerback spot, all three first-time starters, they could have really used somebody, Daquan Hardy or Kalen King, with the remaining eligibility to come back, and that's not going to be the case. But football goes on, life goes on, and that's where Penn State is. Now, we've talked about Kalen King and Johnny Dixon's availability for the Peach Bowl a lot, actually, over these past couple of episodes. What about the availability of other players? Yes, some of them have declared for the draft, and are going to play in the Peach Bowl, but how much? What about Abdul Carter? 
Trey Wallace. We're going to discuss everyone's availability in just a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Team Ticker. For my listeners, I'm going to do a great job describing this one to you. For my viewers, you can see that right there to my left. That is the Team Ticker, one-of-a-kind sports sign for all you Nittany Lion fans out there. Whether it's football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, soccer, softball, Team Ticker has you covered. Never miss a game as the high-tech retro display provides a countdown to the next big game as well as daily updates on the latest team news, stats, schedules, standings, rankings, and so much more. The mobile app is super easy to use. It's a smart sign so you can have it set up in a matter of known time. Same with hanging it up on the wall. I had it up and running in minutes. Each sign is officially licensed, meeting high-quality standards, and it's assembled by hand in the U.S. Team ticker is the ultimate upgrade to your Nittany Lions sports collection. And once you hang it on the wall, it's going to be the talk of all your fellow Penn State fans. If you're looking for that one eye-catching item to showcase your team pride or a gift for that special Nittany Lions fan, go to teamticker.com and pick up your team ticker today. And it's not too late. The holiday season is still going on and Team Ticker is offering a special promotion Use promo code locked on and you receive $50 off your team ticker purchase. That's promo code locked on at checkout for your team ticker purchase. Go to teamticker.com. Use that promo code, to, promo code today. Team ticker, the one of a kind sports sign for all you Penn State and any Lion fans. And remember to subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Become an everydayer if you are not already. As far as player availability for other guys that aren't named, Olu Fashionu, Kalen King, Curtis Jacobs, so on and so forth, what about names like Abdul Carter, Trey Wallace? What is Penn State's player availability going into the Peach Bowl, truly? Well, let's start with Abdul Carter. This is a name that hasn't been mentioned, I don't think, enough. He exited the Michigan State game. Apparent injury, right? We got to allege because we don't know for sure what the nature of it was. We just know that. He left the game and didn't come back in against the Spartans. Is Abdul Carter going to be playing in the Peach Bowl? And remember, James Franklin isn't exactly going to give out an injury report until it's mandated right before kickoff. The linebacker seems like he's trending in the right direction. Again, if we're assuming that he was injured in that Michigan State game, he's all but recovered because he was in full pads and full uniform for the open practice to fans in the media at the Atlanta Falcons stadium just yesterday. So it, it seems like this is a good sign that Carter will be playing because when you're already missing your top pass rusher, yes, I know Adisa Isaac and Dedine Dennis Sutton are projected to play, right? And Adisa Isaac is playing in this game, even though he's going into the 2024 NFL draft. But I, I put Abdul Carter in that group of effective pass rushers, even though he's a linebacker. Pass rush is going to be key for Penn State. And if Carter can be out there for them, that, that is huge. Let's go to the offensive side of it, Trey Wallace. Well, Trey Wallace has certainly been a mystery because, again, James Franklin and the team don't like to talk about injuries, and I completely respect that. But it makes it difficult to talk about it and analyze the impact of Trey Wallace was in and out of the lineup, and then in that Indiana game, he suffered what looked to be an upper body injury. Again, allegedly, we don't know entirely for sure. But James Franklin said that the plan was to get him back, hopefully in time for the bowl game. Well, more good news, and especially since Penn State needs him because the passing attack was as average at best as it was. 
looks like he's going to be in the lineup too. And, and this was, again, Trey Wallace looked to have a more serious type of injury. Again, don't know what Abdul Carter was exactly dealing with. But in this case, Wallace, it just, Marcus Higgins, when he was asked about him, didn't really give any indication if he was going to be available, if he was going to play. But Wallace, full uniform, full pads, seeing at this open practice, that's all I'm going to say, trending in the right direction. Could there be a snap count? Could they decide to use him in a different variety of ways to protect him? Maybe, maybe, because this is the way I look at these bowl games. I understand it's important. Penn State can, and can really set a feat by winning another New Year's Six Bowl. But in this case, this is a 2024 preseason game. And Wallace and Abdul Carter are coming back. So you want to be sure that you're not going to risk anything for next season. I'm not implying that that they would or that there's a possibility of it, but you want to make sure that he is 100% before you put him back out on the football field. And he's practicing. We hadn't seen him in, pra in practice for the longest time when it was opened up to the public, uh, to the media anyway, at Penn State. So is Trey Wallace playing? It's looking like this could happen, that Wallace could play for the first time since Indiana. As far as Olu Fashionu, Kalen King, Curtis Jacobs, Theo Johnson, guys that are headed to the draft but did not opt out, just to clarify how this is going to work for them, I see them on a pitch count, a certain snap count. Those guys are, are risking millions of dollars in a case. And the wooden desk, knock on wood, I'm not trying to jinx anything here, but Penn State, James Franklin said specifically about Kalen King that there is a plan that Kalen King, both sides were comfortable with, that Penn State was able to retain him, have him practice, and not opt out of this game, where it was mutually beneficial for both sides, meaning that they're going to make sure that Kalen King is used the right way, Curtis Jacobs, Adisa Isaac, because those guys are all going to be high selections, maybe not as high as a Chop Robinson, potentially in the top 10, top 15 of the first round, but Adisa Isaac could be a day two pick, Theo Johnson, Kalen King, all of them, those guys are probably going to be limited in how much they play. And that's where guys like Zariah Fisher on the defensive line. I mean, Vanover, Cam Miller in the secondary, right, where those opportunities get to arise, and this is their chance to shine and start to make a name for themselves. Johnny Dixon, maybe. We've seen the rumor, but we haven't had an official statement, right, as far as what he's going to do. Just a rumor that he was going to opt out. But I see a similar case. He's practicing. He's with the team. He's probably going to play in a limited fashion. What about guys like Keaton Ellis, Hunter Norzad, Caden Wallace on, on the offensive line? Guys that are veterans, Daquan Hardy as well, this group of guys that are either giving up their COVID eligibility or just flat out of, out of eligibility, like a Hunter Norzad, for example. Those players I anticipate to play with no restrictions. Why? Because they are not being evaluated the same as these other players. Theo Johnson, Adisa Isaac, Kalen King, Right in the same discussion of day two, maybe if things go really well, first round picks that's possible. It's at least a conversation, debate it in the comments if you want. But for those guys, they need to prove themselves a little more because NFL projections scouts are saying day three, maybe even undrafted for some of those guys. If that's the case, they need to play in games like the senior bowl, this peach bowl to prove that they belong in the NFL, that they deserve to be drafted higher than the current projections will say. So for those types of players, 
they are going to play probably without any restrictions, any snap count limitations in this Peach Bowl against Ole Miss. Penn State is in a really good situation here. You had, at this point in time, it is Wednesday, December 27th, when this episode's going up, and you had one official opt-out in Chop Robinson. The rest of your entire team, aside from, again, you know, those players that did enter the transfer portal, is intact, is ready to go. It, some players might be playing some, you know, some snaps. Some of them might be playing all of them. But that's not the point. It's the fact that the roster, 99% of it, is all together for the Peach Bowl. That's a testament to James Franklin, the coaching staff that is, you know, besides Manny Diaz and Mike Yersich, to be able to convince the players that they all belong and that they need to play in this game, even if they don't are, even if they are not coming back to Penn State next season, is a really good sign. And you have a fully loaded roster for an Ole Miss team. Same thing; they only had one true opt out. A lot of guys that entered the transfer portal, backups didn't really pay play as much. They only had one player truly opt out that had an impact: Cedric Johnson along the defensive line. So this is. An even matchup. You're getting two teams at full strength in the Peach Bowl Saturday, December 30th. That's going to be a fun one. Can't wait to break it down further. We're going to have a Locked On crossover with Locked On Ole Miss again. We're going to discuss the matchup, preview it a lot more in depth over the next coming episodes, talk some recruiting as well. It'll all be right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.